Welcome to the Sedona Soul Sister Show, down-to-earth discussions on spiritual, metaphysical, paranormal, and healing topics. The Sedona Soul Sisters are the most trusted psychic mediums in Sedona. They have offices in Sedona, Arizona, where they see clients from all over the world. And now, today's show. Hi, thanks for joining me today. Uh, Roz is out today. I have a guest, and this is Christy Campbell. Christy works with us at Sedona Soul Sisters, and we're going to be talking today about how Reiki jump starts a spiritual journey. She is a Reiki practitioner. Before we start, I want to say hello to our listeners in Lewiston, Maine. Thanks for tuning in week after week. You must be telling each other because there's a growing number of you listening. So thank you for supporting the podcast in this way. So let's jump into this, Christy. How long have you been doing Reiki? About seven years now. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. So... Was that the first thing you did for a spiritual career? Was that, did you switch from something more mainstream to Reiki? Yeah, I actually went to pastry art school for college and was doing wedding cakes as a career. And I feel like I kind of peaked in it. I did all the things I wanted to do with that. And I actually got let go from a prestigious job I had in San Francisco doing cakes that I loved and then got the calling to learn Reiki. So I found a Reiki practitioner in San Francisco to teach me and one other friend. And it's then I got the calling to move to Sedona to start Reiki that same summer. So it's amazing when doors close, how other ones open. And I never would have imagined that I could have a career shift that quickly with something that felt way more uh, just fulfilling, I guess. It's interesting how that happens. That's exactly what I thought when you said you lost one job and then you felt like you you should take Reiki. You know, sometimes um, I and I've had it happen to me when I would not leave a job when my angels were telling me to. And for a lot of people, it could be your intuition telling you to. Then things just happen. My angels have a way of upending things. If they want me to make a change, they're going to make that change happen if I won't do it myself. So yeah, you have to be careful what you wish for, because I was actually mentioning to some friends, like, I'm kind of sick of the, some dynamics at this job. I don't want to be here. And then the universe is like, oh, you don't want to be there. OK, we have other plans. So. You say yourself, like, I'm sure you love that. You, you must be a really creative person. And mm-hmm. I do remember you talking about the cake decorating. That's so fabulous. That's such an art. But you can love what you're doing and you can have a passion for it. And then you can be called to do something different. And usually it is diving deeper into something spiritual. It's helping people on a more powerful, you could look at it as a more meaningful level. I felt like I helped people powerfully in mental health. But when my angel said to move over to Sedona and start doing my spiritual business full time, I honestly felt like I was hanging on the doorframe, digging my claws and no, I don't want to leave. But I love this so much more. Do you find that's true for you too? Yeah, I just want to touch upon what you first said with um, us being able to have multiple careers in our lifetime, that we have so many different passions and talents we could pursue. It's just a matter of which ones are we choosing to pursue. So 
I think, you know, I could have have multiple careers. I I just think that's normal because people are living longer now. Yeah, definitely. We changed. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So uh, I was just going to say Reiki is satisfying on a whole other level. I think it's just an evolution of what my passion is. Like, I didn't know what Reiki was when I was starting out doing cakes, you know. So it's just been this evolution of, yeah, where spirit's calling me and leading me and got the call to Sedona. And sometimes once you say yes to your new calling, things just start to fall in place that you can't even imagine. Like the very first place I lived in Sedona, I was just checking out a room for rent and they were like, oh yeah. And it comes with this healing room. I was like, what? Like, and it was such an affordable price. And this healing room had like a separate entrance from the house and a massage therapist used to live there. And that was her like massage room. And so I felt like the universe just gifted me this ability to start a Reiki business. So I started it right away and clients just started coming and it became word of mouth. And then I had repeat clients and yeah. It's when you been- do what you're being urged to do and you start moving forward, things will fall into place. I agree. Yeah. It's been exciting. And I'm so glad I found you and now I'm in your old office. <laughs> I, this has been my favorite. I've had like four different offices in Sedona, but um, this location has been my favorite. I love so, that office too, the with the big window, <laughs> big window oh. into the inner courtyard. It's a good location. Um, yeah. We're so glad to have you there. So mm-hmm. I do want yeah. to talk about a little bit. Um, not only do we have multiple careers, but we can have multiple life purposes. And I want to tell you what brought this whole topic up. Why I suggested we talk about this in relation to Reiki is because First off, my my spiritual career really started with becoming a Reiki master back in the early 90s. And I did not pursue that. Like the, my spiritual teacher just said, hey, I'm a Reiki master and you're a healer. I'm going to do you're going to learn Reiki. We're going to do the attunements. Boom, I was mm-hmm. a Reiki master. And it seemed like things just really started snowballing in a great way from there. Um, and that's the first service I offered for years and did really a lot less readings than I did healing for years. So when clients come to me and they want to shift from one career and they want to do something spiritual, but they don't know what it is, or they think they have gifts, but they're not sure what it is. They want to work on those. I always tell them, take Reiki, at least do level one. Mm -hmm. Something about the attunements. I think it puts you more in tune with yourself, the attunement. So that could be a guidepost to learn Reiki and gain some more mental clarity, getting in touch with your intuition to then find out what's the next path. Seems like those attunements just um, clear out blockages, I would say, and things Mm -hmm. just seem to seem more clear. And it's easier to make the shifts. You know, I, I felt like I had a lot less doubt and, and I felt like my passion for spiritual work grew tremendously at that point. Yeah, a lot of people say they feel lighter too after getting the attunement or even receiving Reiki in just one session. Like I know I felt that way. I was getting Reiki uh, done for me before I learned how to do it for years. 
And I would always feel like I was just walking on clouds. I felt so much more at peace and connected with myself. And um, yeah. What did you feel when you had your attunements? We should talk about what are Reiki attunements. I, I, I get, sometimes I forget that, yes, people listening to this show, watching this show, tend to be into spirituality, but not all of them have taken Reiki classes. So would you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So initially, the attunements are done from a Reiki master who is placing their hands on you and passing that Reiki energy to you. Uh, It's like a special prayer and things that you're taught to say and certain symbols that you draw and pass on those symbols. So it comes from Japan and the symbols, some of them are kanji where a Japanese reading speaking person would see it and understand it. And then some of the other symbols are just kind of designed and made up where they're not kanji. So it's like a combination of kanji and just symbols. And so those used to get imparted through your hands, but now the attunements have evolved where like I took Usui level three is the most recent. They keep coming up with like new, improved, better versions of um, Reiki. And that's like the more recent one. And now they pass it just straight from God and the the practitioner kind of stays out of it. Like they help you with a guided meditation. Like I had it done last summer and the uh, Reiki master is just sitting next to me and she intends to send the attunement to you. And then you receiving it, uh, you're intending to receive it. And um, I had some powerful visions like downloads in my psyche during that attunement process and it made a lot of sense that it's evolved where the practitioner is not even needed. The reason for that is not, sorry, her hands on you aren't needed. And that's because they think that the energy can get muddled, that the practitioner, the teacher's energy with their hands on you could somehow interfere with the pureness of the Reiki transmutation. So, yeah. And so I kind of, yeah, I like that part that you don't need the hands-on anymore. That's why there's people offering like distance Reiki attunements. And that used to not be a thing that used to be like, Oh, you you can't do it that way, but it's evolving. So I love when spiritual teachings can evolve with the times and you know, that it doesn't stay rigid and this is how it has to be done. I think that's important because we always discover new things about any practice this does work, you know, we can do it this way. Here's some new ways we can try. So I agree with you. I remember when they wouldn't do distance healing, they wouldn't allow you to do distance healing. So um, I think it's very interesting. So do you feel like when you were being called to take Reiki, how did you feel that calling? Um, I think it started back when I first received my first Reiki session. I was in India and I was at an ashram traveling for a few months there uh, at a yoga retreat. And we were doing like four hours of yoga a day. And I had this pinched nerve in my back and it was debilitating. I couldn't even tie my shoe. I couldn't do any of the yoga. I was like, this sucks. Someone was like, go to the local village Reiki healer and they'll heal you. And I was like, what is this voodoo magic? I totally didn't <laughs> trust it. I didn't, it sounded too good to be true. Like I just show up and this person puts their hands on me and my back is healed. Like I didn't really think that was possible. But so I sent a friend out to scout before me and she went and got a session and said it was legit and she liked it. And I was also very Christian at the time. 
um, I've since kind of expanded my beliefs on that. But so in that religion, sometimes there's a lot of fear around things that are not Christianity that could have claims of like being associated with God. And so I, I gave it a chance, though. And the woman who did the Reiki on me, she went right to my lower back and um, she had her hands there for a while. And it was an hour long session. And when I got up from that session, my back was totally healed and that pinched nerve was completely gone. I was so excited. So, you know, all it takes is something like that to make you a believer having a real experience. So I kind of kept that in my back pocket of like, wow, that's so cool. I would love to learn that one day to be able to do that for others. And then um, throughout the years, going to see Reiki practitioners, often when I felt really stuck in life or was having an emotionally very challenging time, I would go to just get that like energetic reset. It's nice to have that kind of help and that kind of immediate relief sometimes when you're in a lot of anxiety or a lot of grief. So uh, yeah, just eventually I was like, I really want to learn to do that for others. So it was just a matter of making it happen. I kept putting it on the back burner because I was really busy in my other career, but finally I had time to do it once I lost my job. It's like, all right, I'm going to finally pursue this. Maybe so just tighten that pinched nerve so you could experience that powerful healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should yeah, say, yes, I'm a no- Reiki master. I never did Reiki professionally. I actually went and learned, I was called to learn medical Qigong energy healing, which is like a Chinese version of of energy healing, but you know, um, and that's what I did for a long time. So I want to say to people listening out here, uh, you touched on a really good topic, Christy. Like there's a lot of pushback sometimes from Christians. If something's not in the Bible, then you shouldn't be doing it. But if something is natural, if something is based on natural healing science uh, and energy healing is science, it's about energy. It is about our energy, the patient's energy, the universe's energy. It's not magic. There's nothing, there's nothing evil about it. There's nothing uh, shady about it at all. I've experienced some really powerful energy healing in my life too. So uh, I think it's good to have an open mind. But I always tell people there's, there's just something. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's like telling God that, you know, you, you take a Reiki class, you take an energy healing class and you're, it's telling God that you're ready to start your journey. You're ready to be open to your gifts. You're ready for your gifts to grow. You're ready for your life purpose to start, you know, manifesting itself. What is it? Cause people always want to know that. Um, I don't know. What's the most surprising thing to you after seven years of doing Reiki? Hmm. The most surprising, like, experience I've had with a client? Anything. Um, Something that uh, always blows my mind is sometimes, so I have claircognitions. Mm -hmm. That's my main claire. I have a few of them where I just have this knowing, but I also have, um, what's the one for clairvoyance when you have the visions, right? Like visions in your mind's eye. That's fine. You can leave it at that. Okay, so I get these visions in my mind, like it's an actual picture played out. And several times this has happened where a client sees the same vision as me at the same time when I have my hand on whatever chakra, like say it's at their heart chakra, like 
um, I'll relay to them after a session. There's always time to talk. That's actually my favorite part of doing Reiki sessions is the chatting before and after getting to know people. Um, I always get that consent though. Say like, if you're open to feedback, I'm happy to provide it. Make sure that they want that because some people just want a session and they want to leave and that's totally fine. But most people, they want, they want the juicy details of like, so what's going on in my energy? And um, so, yeah, just finding out that we have the same uh, vision at the same time is just mind blowing. It's like, we're so much more connected than we all realize. Oh, yeah. And now it doesn't surprise me as much. It's still exciting when it happens, but I'm not surprised. I'm just like, there it is. It's like a nice confirmation. What do you think is the most powerful thing you've ever seen happen in a healing? Hmm, there have been several. I had an elderly woman who was having ankle problems for like 10 years come see me. And during the session, I just know sometimes when people are ready, for healings, I think some of us have these physical ailments that are teaching us lessons in life. And if you haven't fully learned the lesson from it, then you might not have the healing because there's still a lot of inner work that needs to happen around it. But some people I can feel are just really ready. Like they've learned the lessons, they've gotten everything they could have from the injury or the ailment. And then they show up to a session. So during the session, I could just feel she was really ready for this to be done and over with and healed. And so I was just like in the zone. I do a lot of um, praying for people during sessions. Uh, so I was like praying for her and she, when she got up, she was like crying. She was like, my ankle feels totally fine. And she was moving it in ways her husband was there with her. And he was blown away too, cause she was showing him. She was like moving it in ways that she's not been able to move her ankle before. And she was just so excited and I was excited with her and I was, you know, surprised, but not too surprised. It feels so that so was a good problem. to be able to help somebody like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I had a friend too, whose toenail like regrew. She had this really painful um, toenail thing going on where it was hard to even walk. And she's not really a believer in Reiki. She's kind of like, oh, that's cute. You do that, Christy, but she's not that interested in it. And so I offered one morning, like, let me just try some Reiki on your foot. So she let me and I probably for like a half an hour was doing Reiki on her toe and her like existing toenail had come off and right under it was like a fully grown fine toenail. And she was shocked. And so was I, and she still tells all her friends this story to this day. And she was like, I'm a believer now. I'm a Reiki believer, but she was so like, know, not interested. In that it. is so amazing. Lovely. I have a sister who has problems because when we were young, she wore high heeled pointy toed heels and it, destroyed her toenails on several of her toes and like they fell off and they never grew back mm. so it's not that common that a new toenails under that one when it falls off yeah that's pretty cool yeah miracles can happen i mean you know i've witnessed it i've seen it even growing up in christian church i used to be at a young age at like 12 i was part of this prayer team where we would do hands-on healing for people like they People would come forward that needed healing, and I was part of the little prayer team. And um, people would have real results in front of us with getting healed with things. So I don't think it's, you know, limited to Reiki. I think there's miracles happening in other faiths and other oh. types of hands-on healing. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you, before you joined us, it was probably a few years before that, a, a group came by 
And they just wanted to do healing on anybody, like just they were visitors and they had these carved, they hand carved wooden crosses and they were doing healings on people. And they helped me a great deal. I was when I was still having horrendous pain 24 seven with my back and they helped me a great deal. They weren't doing energy healing. I mean, they might've been and not knowing it, but mm-hmm. they were praying and they had their, their little carved wooden cross um, I'm open to many forms of healing. I, I've been willing to try just about anything. And I would encourage other people to do the same, especially if you've tried Western medicine and you're not getting relief. Um, yeah. Honestly, that's where I found energy healing to be one of the most powerful tools. Yeah. And you don't even have to fully believe in it. Like when I first had it done, I was pretty skeptical and certain friends or family members of mine, they're like, I don't know. And then have these really amazing experiences. I feel like just the the openness of saying yes to it and giving it permission is enough for it to work in deep ways, profound ways. I think if you're willing to put yourself there and just let somebody do healing on you, you are to a degree saying, I'm open to this. I'm willing to receive it. Um, I know what you're saying. Like I, I'm thinking back to family members who used to call it the voodoo I do, and uh, they needed, they couldn't get help through modern medicine, and I was able to like get swelling down for my sister when she her kidney was she has problems with her kidney and the whole side of her body was swollen and they couldn't get it down. It went down when my dad had gout. And he was visiting me and he was joking about it. And I said, let me just try to help kind of like you did with your friend. And I just did healing and the pain went away for like two years for him. You know, so if you've been in pain all the time, I highly recommend uh, get a Reiki session, get a get a healing session. Yeah, I work for a nonprofit as a Reiki practitioner, too, for a surgeon in town. Have you heard of the Healing Consciousness Foundation? No. It's uh, it's amazing. So Dr. Beth Dupree is her name, and she deals specifically with breast cancer patients. I do so know she her. Okay, she gives them these vouchers, like seven vouchers for holistic healing practices to aid them along with the pre and post op. So Reiki's one of them. Or they could get like acupuncture or like nutrition, qigong, like things that are not typical that you'd find in a hospital. And so she's um, an exceptional doctor. She's she really wonderful. Is. She's an amazing person too. I love working. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad you mentioned that. Hopefully for those, there's actually a lot of people in the Sedona and Arizona area who watch the show and listen to it. Hopefully they reach out to her if they need help of that kind. She's so compassionate, so kind too. Yeah. They're always accepting new patients. They're like trying to give out these vouchers. So they're like, please come see us. If you have breast cancer, you're in the um, preliminary stuff that goes on yeah there's help available for sure that's wonderful I love I love and we'll even do distant sessions because some people are too sick to come to the office which makes sense and they can just get relief uh it's great for anxiety too like sometimes people going into a surgery have a lot of fear around what's going to happen during the surgery they don't want to get put under it's like it, it can be scary getting medical procedures like that done so it it offers relief and peace of mind and ease in your body before going into surgery. Absolutely. 
And and I'm going to say, I've been in the office a few times, usually bringing more of my books or essential oil blends in. And I peeked in the office and you guys have made that, you and your office mate have made that such a lovely, beautiful healing space. It's so inviting, very calming. Yeah, thank you. I love being in there. I mean, if you think about it, this room is getting filled with Reiki so often. So <laughs> it's already like, imbued with angelic yes. energy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just adding on top of the good energy. You are. I want to give you a chance. Um, I, I know people can find you through the Sedona Soul Sisters website. What's other ways that they can find you? Uh, so the name of my business is Sessions by the Stupa. That place I talked about that uh, I had a free healing room given was right next to the stupa. It was like three doors down. So that's how I started that name, but um, sessions by the stupa.com. And then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at that same name sessions by the stupa Reiki. I highly recommend you get a session with Christy. She's just a lovely person. And I'm sure you're getting a good sense of that while she's on the show today. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate having you on today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And I'm just going to let you all know, we're taking a hiatus with the show until Roz is back. And when she is, you'll see shows coming up again. So in the meantime, we hope you have an enlightening week. Thank you for listening to the Sedona Soul Sisters show. If you'd like more information about the Sedona Soul Sisters and their services, visit their website at SedonaSoulSisters.com. Subscribe to our show here so you don't miss a thing. All of us at Sedona Soul Sisters hope you have an enlightening week.